0: the power of their data. was Wasabi, another Boston-based championship team. So now Posey rages away, and Ballinger throws it so
1: high. There are some intangibles that those projections failed to take into consideration. The crowd was going crazy, and there's not much in life that's better than that.
0: You're listening to Garlic Fries and Baseball Guys with Mark Willard and Joe Shasky on the 95.7 The Game Podcast Network.
2: All right, what's going on next episode of Garlic Fries and Baseball, guys? Uh, this week, along with Sam Lubman, Mark Willer, Joe Shasky out this week. Um, Sam, maybe he just couldn't take it anymore. I I, I don't know. I mean, that is – this is the worst stretch of baseball against the Dodgers since, uh, since the 70s. Um, to lose all eight games coming out of the All-Star break against the Dodgers has been whatever word you want to put to it. Frustrating, embarrassing, surprising, humbling. Uh, we literally spent some time during the day today on 95.7 The Game talking about what Gabe Kapler should do. He's never been thrown out of a game before as the Giants manager. And so it's just not really his style to lose it. And then hours later... Uh, he loses it and gets thrown out of the game for the first time as a member of the Giants. Maybe it's well-timed. I don't know. What What are your thoughts right now on as the manager, but a calm guy by trade, how's he supposed to handle all this?
1: Yeah, I mean, it, again, you can't really blame Shask for being just so strung out on this team right now. This yeah. team is just pushing everybody's faith right now. Um, as far as Kapler, I mean – yeah, I think it was kind of finally time to happen. I watching it happen today, I, I'm not gonna lie, I let out a little bit of a cheer uh when he got tossed, just because like finally, you know, just let's see some fire there. Uh in the past you always hear about, you know, got you know, managers wanting to pitch a fit, get tossed, make a show of it because they want to fire their guys up, fire their team up. It didn't really quite work today. Maybe it will work going into uh this weekend series against the A's, but for those who are saying, yeah, Kappler, he doesn't show enough emotion. He needs to get out there and get an umpire's face, get ta- get tossed. You got what you wanted today. So Well, I I I just I wonder this because
2: I know that that, you know, we're all used to, I think in the majority of the people we're talking to, when we think about how to handle it, when players are not responding and doing stuff that's just completely out of character, like a big leaguer, um, you know, running the bases the way Luis Gonzalez has uh the last week and a half. It's just so crazy. And 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 so we apply to it what we know, which is little league baseball and and you know, high school baseball and and the way that we would handle those situations. And that always leads to bench him and and you know, pull the kid out and all of that. Um, I, I don't know how a, a major league baseball clubhouse, 30 something year old men with wife wives and kids, how they react to that, especially with as you said, this would be inauthentic. This is so not Gabe um, to uh, to go right. out there and pitch a fit and start throwing things around. So I know we all want him to do that, but I don't know if it would work for him. Something needs to be different, but I don't know if this particular idea that we all want him to just lose his mind. I, I don't. I don't know necessarily what that would do I, if we would get the the desired reaction. But here's the fair question for me. I I don't need you to yell, kick, scream, flip over the table. But if you're going to be branded as meticulous, and that's who you are, we take care of every detail. We have a coach for everything. And we do not let anything slip through the cracks. And then the team that is supposed to be a reflection of you is consistently sloppy, which is what they are right now and have been most of the year. That's worthy of questions. Why doesn't this team reflect the supposed brand of its leadership? Because they were the exact opposite last year and it turned him into the manager of the year. Um, That's a question I have, but I don't have an answer to it right now.
1: I don't think anyone has an answer to it. And I think that's kind of what's so frustrating. And maybe that played a role in kind of Kapler getting ejected today. Uh, I think it's – it's everyone knows what's – they're doing the same thing this year that they did last year, but they're getting completely opposite results. And I think we are doing something that it's working, it's working, it's working, and then suddenly it's not working, it's not working, it's not working. It's kind of almost like quicksand. The more you try to fix it, the worse it gets. And you maybe I don't want to say panic is the right word, but I think let's just stick with frustrating. That is incredibly frustrating to do something that I did this before and it worked and I'm doing the same thing, but something different is happening. That's going to drive anyone nuts. And maybe Kapler is getting to the situation getting to this point where the situation kind of just calls for a a turn, a a random turn left somewhere. Uh, I don't want to think that they're just kind of trying stuff just to see what happens, but eventually, you just kind of – when you get too comfortable in a rhythm that isn't working, something needs to be done sometimes to shake things up. Well, John Dickinson on ninety-five-seven, The Game
2: brought up a really interesting point. It's something that I want to watch, which is um, he, he said there is uh, – there's no resume on Gabe Kapler for handling adversity. Um, in Philadelphia, there was adversity. They were not able to work their way through it. This Giants team now for a lengthy period of time – um, has been facing adversity, and they they have not been able to figure it out. They have not been able to recover. It has blown their season up. And so last year, uh, you'll never hear me call it a fluke. You'll never hear me call them lucky. But what I will say is that they never really faced any massive adversity. Even when they did, they just went ahead and won anyway, like like their backups would would produce. And so there really wasn't ever that like clubhouse crisis where guys – were were depressed and and questioning things there really wasn't that last year and this year there is and the sort of my response to that is when you're formulaic with everything you do when you are robotic with everything you do it's hard to respond to the emotional problem the giants i think are really good at the math equation but they aren't necessarily great with the liberal arts Right. No. So like when 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 there is an emotional problem and it feels like there is now, you can't battle that with data. You, yeah. you, you you have to address that from an emotional place. And that's what I think I'm now wondering. I think a lot of us are wondering where where is that pitch from this particular leadership group?
1: Yeah, I mean, I guess when you put it that way, the way I would look at it is I think one thing we have learned about Kapler in these last few years is that. He, he does learn. He is still growing. He's still in his early 40s, uh, so he's still growing as a manager. He's only been doing this for a few years, and managing a baseball team is difficult. Uh, a lot of great managers have failed in their first attempts to manage and then succeeded later on. Uh, again, Farhan brought that up uh, kind of cryptically before he went out and hired Kapler, so and Gabe, he again, like I said, he does learn from his mistakes. He understands he was a little too robotic and a little too married to the data, married to the pre-game plan in Philadelphia. And that caused mistakes and that caused guys to lose faith in him. I think he learned from those mistakes, brought those lessons here to the Giants. And I think his in-game management is better than it was in Philadelphia. He isn't married to his pregame plan as much. So it could just be a sense where maybe it's a thing where this is a rough season. Can Kapler learn from it? Can he grow from it? Can he take lessons from this season and apply it to whatever, you know, next season ends up bringing.
2: Here, and, and also with now eight straight loss to the Dodgers, here's one thing that I'm hoping – this does um, because that is so embarrassing. It is so it is so painful, this stretch, to watch the Dodgers just be better than you at every single phase of the game, to watch San Diego launch a party down the street um, with the acquisition of Juan Soto and what you're seeing from that crowd. And the Giants are going to get a healthy dose of that next week. They're going to have to walk in and watch that and and just wear it. So much of this all happens at the exact same time. And it's one thing to go through a losing streak. It's one thing to fall down in the standings to really good teams. It's another thing I think, and this again goes to the emotional side of problems. It's another thing to be very, very embarrassed uh, in in front of your rivals, in front of your own fans. You know, you lose four on the road and then you lose four at home. And you lost those four at home with the stands increasingly – turning blue and so while everything again is always let's throw the math at it let's throw a platoon at it let's throw uh you know a darren ruff jock peterson platoon at it and we know that will work on a some level maybe what has just taken place will force the giants to at least broaden the way that they look at this because i still have full belief in their roster building their ability to fill out the back end of a roster, find diamonds in the rough, all of that. But at a certain point, you've got to focus on the front end of the roster. And they're going to have so much money to spend next year. They're going to have to do it. Um, It doesn't mean I want them to go sign bad contracts where guys won't produce. But to me, the Giants have got to be a top 10 payroll. And if they are, you're, you're looking at, over a hundred million dollars of spending money just this offseason alone, and so they're going to have to go win some free agent battles.
1: Definitely, and I, I agree with what you're saying there. It's, something has to to rally this team and, and ignite these guys. Uh, Tuesday night, I believe it was, uh, I believe the top of the second or the top of the third. Farhan Zaidi joins Kruk and Keyp in the booth for what ends up being one of just the most disastrous innings uh, that we've seen this year. And it's happening while Farhan's talking about, you know, yeah, we want to see this through. We want to be focused on the present. As soon as he's done saying that, you know, you got an errant pickoff throw. You got Dodgers scoring all over the place. You got Slater bobbling a ball. You got Lamont Wade freezing in the outfield. And I guess they were supposed to go for the full inning. There's two outs. Krug Kipe like, all right, Farhan, we're going to let you go. I'm that in. felt like a, a low moment. And then fast forward to today, I was at the game today yeah, like you said, it's getting progressively bluer there. Um, ah. I sit in the press box, you look over on the third base side, it's Giants fans, that's cool. You look over on the first base side behind the Dodger dugout, and it's, we become Dodger Stadium North. Um, not the worst takeover I've ever seen by the Dodgers at this ballpark, um, but it's pretty close, and uh, that's what happens when you root for a team that's won, I checked the numbers here, half a billion games I think, since 2017. The right. right. Jazz fans right. up, um, and if you're the Giants, if you're the Giants fans, it's hard to not look at the Dodgers and be like, I want that. Like, well, that's the most infuriating part. Like, what the Dodgers are doing, that's what we want as Giants fans. We would that, love to have that.
2: I mean, that's completely how I felt watching the Padres game last night. You know, Juan Soto's uh, introduction to San Diego goes out to right field, gets himself a standing ovation. The whole place is just a huge party. And then they walk to the plate in the bottom of the first and score five <laughs> runs right at it. I mean, yeah. it's just, I mean, the whole thing looks like chip salsa and margaritas, the whole, and, and and to do that in a baseball sense is really something. Cause it's all, that's what we've all been waiting for for the entire sport and the Padres have captured it. And I know the giants are trying to model themselves in many ways or the similar model. They're not modeling after the Padres, but they're using a similar model. And so in a couple of years, maybe it will look like that, but because of the way this has gone, the word that keeps coming to mind, you talk about Farhan's appearance on NBC Sports Bay Area the other night. It's uncomfortable. This whole thing right now is very, very uncomfortable. And so if you're uncomfortable, you got to go put your sweats on, man. You got to go, go fix it right away. Um, you're not going to just sit there in those tight jeans all day long and sweat. Um, you got to go fix it. And so um, th- the problem for them is they're on a fast track to fix it, and I don't know how many solutions are out there. And so this is – they're going to earn their money now because they got to go – they got to go figure it out. And by the way, more on this in a second because we got another glimpse of roster building, decision-making with the trade deadline this week. We want to recap that a little bit and get a little bit more into Farhan Zaidi. We'll do that in just a second. Sam Lubman is here in for Joe Schowski, Mark Willard, it's Garlic Fries and Baseball, guys. And uh, we'd love for you to rate, review, and subscribe, share with your friends – Tell them all about the Giants podcast that is for the Giants fan. All right, so the deadline review, most classic Farhan deadline ever. And and so we've we've reached a point, and I almost think this is a problem. We've reached a point now where Farhan can continue to do really smart things and then get criticized for it, and I understand why. Um, Because he's so good at little things, but those little things need to be paired with the big things. Right? Like Mm -hmm. if a parent makes their bed for their kid, you know, or makes sure that all the great snacks get sent in the uh, lunchbox on the way to school, those are the little things. But if you do only those things and you don't provide love and hugs, the little things don't matter as much. They're going to fall empty. So this is great that you turned Darren Ruff into four players. That's kind of insane. I Uh, think that's the most impressive
1: deal he made. I think Trevor Rosenthal to Tristan Peters.
2: And he traded two people that weren't even on the team and turned them into a return. That is classically and obviously smart. However, if you pair it alongside, we still don't know who the best three players are on the team. It's just a constant flow of what feels like stuff that doesn't matter enough.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean it, that those splash moves, those are what fans react to. Those are what fans are used to. I think uh, from the Brian Sabian, Bobby Evans days. Um, you know, before today's game, I'm you know just walk around the concourse. You know, I've had some conversations with fans, asked them, you know, where are you on Farhan? And surprisingly, a lot of fans responded with who. You got fans (laughs) who don't even know who Farhan is. Ah. It's like – Well, listen, I
2: will tell you you this. It's itself a problem. I I will tell you this. Cruise around the ballpark and talk to people is very different than cruising around Twitter to talk to people. Very, very different. I think in general, you're going to find a lot less anger at the yard than you are on Twitter.
1: And that that makes sense. Yeah. And it was – It was, a. I think the word of the day was disappointing, whether it was the season, whether it's the future. Um, But yeah, when you're making small moves, it's hard to kind of see, you know, where the direction is. And that was kind of the general feel I got from fans. You got some who are saying, you know, I am cautiously optimistic or I'm optimistic because I'm a Giants fan. and I'm always optimistic. That's cool. You got a lot of them who are saying, well, based on what I'm seeing right now. I, I don't know why I would be optimistic. You And then, of course, there is a few who are like, no, get him out of here. Um, so, yeah, it, that's it makes perfect sense that, again, if you're not making those big moves, that's what fans relate to. That's what Brian Sabian did. He went out and he would get, you know, the Cueto and the Smarja. He responded to a 98 loss season by bringing in McCutcheon and Longoria. Granted, did those moves work out? Not really. Johnny Clayton was going to
2: watch. By the way, yeah, this is a key point that you just made. I want you to slow down and say that again because this is why, and I got the huge argument, not argument, but a radio argument with Damon Bruce on this last week, the idea of spending versus spending smartly. I am very pro. The Giants absolutely have to spend a ton of money this offseason. They do, but not just for the sake of spending, not on anyone. Because you just gave up the first four examples that popped to mind. Like, yeah, Sabian reacted by doing this and this and this and this. And all four of those contracts were brutal. I mean, not so much McCutcheon, but it didn't, like, really return any dividends either. Longoria, I mean, let me whisper this. Longoria is literally the reason Bobby Evans and Brian Sabian were are, are no longer in their positions. Among like others, that, yeah. that was an ownership disaster. The, the Evan Longoria move. Cueto, Samarja didn't work. And so that's one of the reasons, you know, they, these big time deals, five years, $100 million or more, they usually, usually don't work. So if you're going to do them, they need to be blue chippy. They need to be smart. Um, they, they, they need to work, at least on the front end. You know, Aaron Judge a different deal i I, if that doesn't work for the last two or three years but it does for the first four i think people would be okay with that um Mm -hmm. i don't even know if that's a pipe dream it might be especially if the yankees go win the world series but i I, listen um, i want them to spend they have to spend but they cannot do it frivolously that is literally what led to farhan being hired and him being told build the farm system and get this payroll down because it's out of control. That's what, that's why he was hired. And that yeah. is what he has done. And, and while that makes some fans mad, that was, those, those were his walking orders from ownership.
1: Yeah. Well, I think it's kind of interesting that you bring up, I, I'm glad that you brought up ownership there. Uh, Cause again, going around talking to fans today, faith is kind of shaken in Farhan right now and yep. understandably so uh, you know, it's been dismal you know where the faith is not shaken though is with the people who are writing the checks for this team the 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 ownership group uh you know you're not hearing any sort of grumblings from a rob dean or a greg johnson oh we're really disappointed with what's going on right here you got larry bear talking to the commonwealth club basically kind of parroting some of farhan's talking points in terms of building this team from the ground up ownership has bought into farhan and i think that's a good thing that's Always a positive thing. Let the fans freak out. Let ownership remain calm. This is the same ownership group that stuck it out with Brian Sabian uh, from 05 to 08 when it looked like the Giants were going nowhere after Barry Bonds. So the fact that ownership has the faith in Farhan. It should be a positive for Giants fans because this is an ownership group that they know how a good baseball executive operates. They saw
2: Stabian well, for years. I know, but the now here's the thing on that. Ownership having faith in Farhan is not going to inspire fans because that that what that says to a fan is the owners have faith that Farhan's going to save them money and and no fan wants that. um i'm I'm turning this around now to Greg Johnson, who has taken over the Larry Bear role yet not really allowed himself to be known by the fans at large. You should go around the ballpark and ask about Greg Johnson and find out how many people know who that is. The answer is probably very, very few. But my question, if they don't spend this offseason, my questions will start to turn to ownership. Now, hold on a second. Are you allowing the purse strings to go out? Are you trying to finish in second? Are you really allowing your executive branch to go out and spend? Because I looked at it, if Longoria does not – if they don't pick up his option, and if Rodon opts out and leaves, the, 40, the 49ers, the Giants' payroll, as it stands right now, what is committed for next year is equal to the payroll of the Pittsburgh Pirates. That's where they would be. And you are not allowed to be down there as the Giants. Oh, Flat no. Not period. I would sit here. Me, you know me. I would actively tell people, do not go to the game. That is absolutely unacceptable. And so if you're going to be down there – then uh, you may end up spending some bad money because you literally owe it to the fans to get yourself into the top 10 in payroll. And that would mean well North of $100 million in brand new money for them to give out to, uh, to ball players. And, and that's it. They owe it. They have to do that.
1: Oh, I agree. Um, And this is where I think kind of the anxiety for me as a fan starts to kind of go up because in order to do it, you said, yeah, they have to go out and spend money, but, it's no guarantee that that's going to work out. We all say, Aaron Judge, Aaron Judge, Aaron Judge. Or even, let's have about Trey Turner as a backup option. Uh, Dansby Swanson, he's so supposed to be a free agent. All three of those guys would look fabulous in uh, orange and black. There's no guarantee that those three will even make it to free agency you got sure. the yankees who if they're smart they're going to back up an army of brinks trucks to keep aaron judge in new york i, I
2: the- think judge
1: is going to make it judge is going to
2: make it to free agency because that that ship has sailed he said we don't want to do this in the middle of the season and 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 you know i think there have been some some bridges that have at least been uh, smoldering uh maybe not burned but there, there's some smoke there So I think he's going to make
1: it, but you're right. Yeah, but but yeah, he has to get the free agency. And then you have to fend off 29 other teams that could theoretically be going after him. And then again, the same thing goes for Trey Turner. The Dodgers, who have a bottomless pit of money, they're not going to just let him walk. Uh, and then the Braves—I don't, I don't quite know what their financial situation is. They just locked, up, you know, they already have uh, Albie's locked up long term, Acuna long term. They just got Austin Riley locked up long term, along with Matt Olson. Will they spend to keep Dansby Swanson? They'd be wise to do so. I can't see them just not doing that. So you're in a situation where, yeah, you have to make moves, but it's no set guarantee that you're going to be able to make those moves. And it puts the giants in a very precarious situation that you don't really want to be in. And that, that's kind of nerve wracking.
2: Yeah, it it is, but here's what I'd say. Here's the middle ground because it's not spend just to spend, but you also can't lose on all the battles. So what I would suggest the giants do is evaluate and figure out who it is you want who it is you really want and whoever it is you really want. I want you to be willing to overpay that guy, Mm -hmm. overpay that guy. That's their power. Their power right now is money. And so let's say they wanted Trey Turner. Uh, Just make a stupid offer. Just make a stupid offer. He's, he's not even 30 yet. He will be 30 at the start of this contract next year. Um, He's very athletic He's the type of guy, I mean, he looks to me like somebody who will really be good until he's at least 35, 36. Uh, just, just beat everybody out on the offer because you can. Um, yeah. No doubt about it. So, all right, I know we want to preview the A's Giants this weekend, the Quick 2 Gamer, um, but also we we have some, you know, at the bottom of, of a lot of those – Uh, you know, corporate uh, writings. They've got the facts, FAQs. I know Mm -hmm. you put together some faffics, which is frequently asked Farhan questions, not just frequently asked questions, frequently asked Farhan questions. So why don't you let's throw a few of those out there.
1: Yeah. So basically, these are all just based off questions that they're not exact questions, but questions I put together based off of everything that I've heard about Uh, Farhan and the Giants over the last couple years. This first one uh, is is, is inspired by I think you know this guy. His name is uh, Bonte Hill. Uh, The question is I don't see the vision. What exactly is Farhan trying to do? Okay. Here's how I would describe Farhan's vision
2: as I would see it. Um, It is very similar to what you've watched um, the Dodgers and Padres do. And unfortunately for Giants fans, for that to fully materialize, just like it did with the Dodgers and Padres once upon a time, it takes a long time. And so if it were in a perfect order, the way that that would work is you build up your farm system, and in the meantime, you put as competitive of a team on the field as you can, but you keep your financial flexibility, and you build that farm system up, and you hope that the farm system starts to feed you homegrown talent. And once that happens, then you're ready to pounce with a, a big financial free agent signing or a big trade. Now, you, what I just described is exactly what the Dodgers did. Mookie Betts. It's exactly what the Padres did. Juan Soto, the, the homegrown core had already started to come into play. Dodgers had Bellinger and Seager and, Uh, you know, Bueller, uh, uh, Urias, Will Smith. As that's coming in, bang, we're going to pounce on a Mookie Betts. We're going to trade for a Trey Turner, right? The Padres, exact same process. That's what the Giants want to do. Problem is their farm system has not started giving the fruit yet. And no minor league baseball in 2020. That's why it hurt the Giants more than it hurt other teams. But soon enough, this will land on their lap in terms of now you've got to actually draft the right people and grow them up. And that is the current question. Um, but the Giants may need to also accelerate their plan. They may not be able to wait for some of those homegrown players to go out and make the money splash uh, because people are getting too restless.
1: Yeah. And if, just a quick add on there. You talk about kind of getting that you know, foundation within the farm system there. Dodgers and Padres had a huge jump on the Giants in terms of building up their farm system. Uh, the Giants, the last few years under Sabian and Evans, not a lot of great drafting. Uh, and the few good guys they did they did draft, like say uh, Brian Reynolds, they traded him away. So that's going to set up a situation where building from the ground up takes a little bit longer when you don't have the head start that the Dodgers or Padres had. Uh, so a next question is: It's been four years under Farhan. This kind of plays off of what you said with with the last question, but. Where are the results? It's been four years. What's going on here? Well, uh, I mean, okay, so right now, as we're looking at
2: it, we're we're, in the moment, we're short on results. We are completely short on results because if what you wanted to do was get homegrown talent, it it, it hasn't shown up yet. But here's what I would say to a Giants fan who doesn't want to throw beer off the wall. If you want to be calm for a second, here's something that I think matters. Um, I think it is a result that the farm system goes from rank 29th to ninth. That is a result, right? They do have a much better farm system than they did uh, four years ago. That's number one. Number two, I do get bothered when we sit here in 2022 and go, where are the results? And it was like, what, what did, did, does he not get Is last year? Not a result. Was That, that wasn't a result. So I know this bothers people who's like, oh, they're still going to live on last year. No, this has been a very bad year. Last year was a very good year. That sounds to me like one good result and one bad result. And so that's the record. That's the data. And and so when we say where are the results or like how long are you going to give him, my answer is always how long are you going to give him till what? What we've got to as a group set that bar. Does he have to win a world series? Does he have to win a division? Oh wait, he already did. Does he have to win a playoff series? Does there have to be a homegrown left fielder on opening day? Like I fill in that blank on what we're waiting him to do on him to do, because I just feel like everyone's so frustrated right now. They only want to focus on legitimate, but bad things that are right now and ignore a lot of the really cool things that happened in the
1: first three years through some adversity yeah so i got one last one here and i want to preface it with kind of a a bit of a trivia question here can you name all the players that have reached the big leagues that have been drafted by farhan since he came to the giants before the 2019 season all the players who have made i think i can
2: so let me get that question right again all the players who've made the big leagues who were drafted by farhan since he started drafting
1: yeah so 2019 onwards i think the answer is one yes that is and and is it and it is a player who was traded for chris bryan is that correct correct caleb killian is the only player that has been drafted by farhan with the giants that has made the big league so which leads me to my next question should we be worried about farhan and his ability to draft players yes yes absolutely um But I also think that's always something you
2: have to worry about. And we know it's an inexact science, maybe in baseball, more than any other sport. Um, So it's funny. A lot of the guys that we're talking about right now in the farm system um, who are supposed to be ready right now aren't even Farhan draftees anyway. Joey Bart, Elliot Ramos, Marco Luciano. um, You know, Kyle Harrison, if there's anything right now that looks like a sure thing in the minors, it's Kyle Harrison. Farhan draftee. So – um, but you can't give him credit for it yet because he's not here. But, man, he's going hot knife through butter through the minor leagues. And so that's really good. But, yeah, absolutely. Patrick Bailey, uh, Will Bednar. These are guys Farhan drafted that so far, Hunter Bishop, they are not doing what you hope them to do. But I also like – I mean, you're not giving up on minor leaguers a year or two in. So no. we'll we'll see where they go. But is is that a fair question to ask right now? Absolutely.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, I guess if you want to kind of lessen the burn there, you look at that 2019 draft and really the only notable player to come out of that draft so far is Alex Manoa, the pitcher for the Blue Jays. So – uh, he was drafted 11th overall uh, Giants fans. If you're looking to ruin your day uh, or if you don't want to ruin your day, do not look at who was drafted right before Alex Manoa in that draft. You will, you will not like where that goes. Who, but, who, who, who is it? Who is? Uh, will say the name, but his name rhymes with punter. Schmischup. So, oh boy. Okay. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um,
2: totally. On that note.
1: <laughs> yeah. We'll, we, we, I mean, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll see.
2: We'll see. But yeah, they're, they're going to, I, my opinion is you got to adjust the timeline a little bit. If they're looking to wait for the homegrown establishment before they spend money, I think they're going to, they're going to encounter a lot of anger next year uh, unless they go out and have some sort of magical year again, just like they did yeah. last year.
1: Yeah. Just one last note before I guess we move on. Uh, as I said, I was going around talking to fans and ask them, you know, are you optimistic or pessimistic about the future? And when in terms of talking about what they're looking for in the future, not a single person mentioned any prospects. So you're, kind of preaching that that patience building up to the well, farm system yeah it just it that that does not resonate with most capital well fans. no because it's not reality
2: like I, I, I people should not be asked i don't think we, this is san francisco california uh, we're not asking people to wait yeah. like there's no you don't have to wait for anything you're not, not paying these prices for waiting so mm-hmm. it is their job even if you're waiting for homegrown talent it is their job to put out a watchable positive product in the meantime. Mm-hmm. They figured out a way to do it last year. This year so far they have not. Um next mm-hmm. year they need to. Um so whether it has homegrown players ready, whether they spend a lot of money whatever, the pressure is on to win significantly more games than you lose next year because it, it, if they don't um you know that's what that's what will produce stars, that what will, is what will produce interest. Uh, if they don't then they they will be fairly criticized. Mm-hmm. Um, I know we want to hit on the A's Giants series real quick. Uh, it's Garlic Fries and Baseball, guys. Mark Willard and Sam Lubman in for Joe Shasky this week. Uh, we hope that you subscribe so that you don't miss an episode. We come at you twice a week. All right, two-gamer Uh, Over the weekend, A's Giants, it's sort of wild to put the two organizations side by side right now. It's been depression all year for A's fans and now Giants fans have joined them and I hear so many people almost sort of compare the two now uh, with all of the analytics, the way Farhan is going, the way the payroll is going down. A lot of people are saying that uh, that the Giants are being run like the A's. I, I don't really buy that. I do think that uh, the Giants are riding the line right now of being too robotic and too formulaic with their process, but that is a different process depending on what your resources are. Yeah. And we've watched Farhan also work for the Dodgers and, and do a lot of good things with a lot of resource. So, I, I, I mean, that's what I'm looking – that's why I'm looking to ownership. Like, I want the the resources to be completely unlocked, but my goodness, an A's-Giants series right now – I I mean, I I don't know which fan base is licking their wounds more.
1: Yeah, well, it's kind of interesting to see just how just this year compared to last year. I believe when they faced off last year in like June or something, it was the best combined winning percentage uh, that these two teams had ever had. Uh, Both these teams were juggernauts last year. Uh, A little less so when they met again in uh, August. The A's were kind of starting to come down a little bit. Giants still riding high. And then at the beginning of this year, Giants still looked like they were on high, and then the A's were – You know, had Christian Pache in the lineup who wasn't there last year, among other guys. Um, But that being said, I still get a little juiced up for the Bay Bridge series. I don't know about you, Mark, but I get excited for it. For me personally, growing up, I had a lot of friends who were A's fans. Uh, My two best friends who I've known since middle school, they're huge A's fans. So growing up, Bay Bridge series was always a big deal for us because – there were bragging rights on the line, uh, yeah. very it, valuable bragging rights to get there. So we were always very juiced up about it. And that, for me, it still continues today, even if, you know, both teams kind of being in a sorry state and kind of even more so when both teams are in a sorry state, because this is kind of one of the things, like when a season's going nowhere, this is kind of what you have left to to root for. Uh, wouldn't you agree?
2: Yeah. Oh, well, definitely. It's it's still a unique environment, uh, there's still a different sound in the ballpark when uh, when the A's play the Giants. Um, I just think this one, this one's interesting. I really wonder what the A's fans will look to because with everything that's gone on with that organization, the way it's disenfranchised, it's fan base. Gosh, if you're mad at the Farhan deadline, how would you feel about an A's deadline when you're giving players like Frankie Montas just giving them away and then throwing in more players uh, on top as well. I mean, that to me is way more frustrating than doing too many deals that are down on the margins like Farhan's doing. But if you're an A's fan and you don't want to go to the ballpark because you don't want to give any of your money to uh, that franchise and John Fisher right now, well, then this is your opportunity to let it out a little bit. This is your opportunity to go see the A's at a time where you can sort of funnel your your money elsewhere. meantime the Giants fans I mean they' I, I don't know that morale uh, in fact I do I do this is the worst morale has been since you know a year before Bochy's departure and and so how activated are you to go out there and watch them take on the Oakland A's with all of the losing that's going on so it'll be interesting because uh, this one this one might feel, uh, a, a, a little bit more rowdy on the A's fan side, to be honest with you, even though I know they're overwhelmed in terms of, uh, of numbers. So it's two different sources of depression, uh, but yeah. that's what it is. It's depression versus depression right now.
1: Um, but, I mean, it could be one of those things where the one thing that kind of cures that depression is kind of bringing that bridge trophy back to uh, the trophy case. Um, I'm kind of curious, Mark, are, are you in or out on on the bridge trophy being a part of this rivalry? I'm fine with a trophy. Like, I mean,
2: whatever. Like, it's something a little bit different. It's certainly better than a split hat. Uh, you know, don't do not do anything crazy like that. Shout out
1: Jim Cozumore. <laughs> you know what I
2: mean? Like, yeah, there's a little bit of a college football vibe to it. Like, who got the axe? I don't even know if anybody knows what the trophy looks like or where it stays, um, but I do know that again, the sound of those games, the vibe is a little bit different, and so yes, it's it still it still means something for the East Bay friends and the West Bay friends to uh, you know to jab each other a little bit, um, but I don't know. I, I just I, I don't again I don't know if either of these fan bases feel like uh, like peacocking around about anything
1: right now because neither one of them really have a whole lot to brag about. Yeah. It, I mean, again, this this weekend is set up well for the Giants to come out uh, on top here. You got Rodon going on Saturday, uh, Logan Webb going on Sunday, Adam Aller going for the A's on Saturday, uh, TBD, TBD going for the A's on uh, Sunday right now. I don't know if that's because they just have an open slot or if that's actually one of the names of the, uh, the players on the A's here. Who knows? But uh, I got to say, Mark, if – for for Giants fans, I do feel like there's a chance for a morale boost with a uh, a series victory here this weekend. Uh, it's going to come down to Sunday. Uh, the way the tiebreaker works out, if it's a uh, split series, two games to two, whoever wins the last game obviously brings home uh, the Bring series home title the and the bridge. So Sunday is going to be the big one. Um, and I th- I like that setup. It's that 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 game seven feel to it. So. Um, I'll be jazzed up about it. I hope to have some bragging rights to, uh, to throw around on Monday, but yeah, I mean, it could literally be this, this is kind of one of the the last big kind of things for giants fans to maybe get excited about. And maybe that kind of speaks to the kind of how dismal this year has been that this is kind of what we're hanging our hat on now.
2: Yeah. Listen, listen. I mean, it's also, it's also this Um, we're talking about this season now with good reason, like it's over. But it's not quite yet. Um, not quite. Um, even 107 wins, Sam, is still in play. They need to win out. But anyway, <laughs> what I mean by that is this. The Dodgers came in and they totally outclassed you on any level. And, and we talked earlier about Gabe Kapler and this particular group of players with no buster posey and how they handle adversity. Um, you get a day off on Friday and then you go to Oakland and and you play these two games, and, and I know there's San Diego next week, if there's any fight, if there's anything left, if there is any hope, maybe that juice of playing the A's is what gets them going because we have reached a moment where y- the Rocky music is playing. If you want to do this, you got to do it now. There has yeah. to be a tremendous winning streak that now takes place throughout the month of August, and it starts this weekend. Take Friday, meditate, punch a pillow, do whatever the hell you got to do. Gabe Kaplan's going to outside lands, not for nothing. <laughs> outside, Great, perfect, Gabe, thank you. Um, it, maybe he got an early start by getting tossed out of the game. He's on his way already. Get out there on Saturday against the A's and, uh, and show something different. Show a buttoned-up team that knows how to hit the cutoff man and knows how to catch the ball, and knows how to run the bases, knows how to put the ball in play with the bases loaded and nobody outs. Brandon Crawford will return. You're not going to get any more Machado at shortstop. Um, and, and this is it. This, this is it. If, if,
1: if you got any pitch left, it starts right now. Yeah. And the good news is, Giants do have some reinforcements coming. You mentioned Crawford there. Uh, Tyro Estrada was taking some ground balls uh, before today's game. He should be back uh, possibly this weekend. Uh, Jock Peterson, Evan Longoria, they could be back uh, within the next few days. So, and yeah, it's it's setting up to like Farhan said, you're one or two hot weeks away from kind of having a conversation about being back in this thing. The- Let's just start start this weekend. Get guys back and. You know, this is why we play the games. Anything is possible. Full six games out,
2: uh, in, in, uh, and, and it's more than obviously one team that uh, that you got to try to go catch. So nobody's trying to say this is anything other than highly unlikely. But that's where I'm at. It's like, okay, you, you just lost eight in a row to the Dodgers. If, if you've got any sort of different pitch to throw at us, it, it starts right now or or else yeah you can officially start looking to uh to the hot stove yeah so yep, um sam great job man that was a whole lot of fun yeah. along with sam lubman mark willard garlic fries and baseball guys we do it twice a week so we'll come at you after the a series again on sunday and look forward to talking to you then make sure you are subscribed so you do not miss that or any other episode.